Sports. Great conversation continues now on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. With Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. coming through the door I think we've met somewhere before hello love hello hello love hello where in the world have you been so long I missed you so since you've been gone hello love yes indeedy hello Hello, glad you're coming through our door spending some time with us why don't you come on and sit down feel right at home I hope you plan on staying long come in love Come in love. It's 8.10, 10 minutes after the hour here. Watchdog Morning Show, hour number two on this, our final get-together in 2023. The year has come. The year has almost gone, and we have roamed widely over many fields over the course of the past year. And still to go on the show today, Bob Slider and I will talk about some of the highlights of the year, uh, both in the topics we've talked about, the guests that we've had, the things that have happened here on the show that's coming up. Um, the thing I found fascinating as I looked over the notes from this past year was how many of the same stories recurred over and over and over again. There probably were, and I, I didn't count, probably five stories, Bob, maybe six stories that just repeated themselves in many different fashions and forms over the past year that we, we talked about. Many of them, I think, Bob, we were on the, uh, the leading edge of some of these things. I think we were really... A couple times, yeah. We really helped to uh, to stimulate the Ohio Valley uh, passion and concern and discussion about that. So we'll talk more about that. Bob and I will get into that coming up a little bit uh, later on this morning. Stephen Adams from the Ogden newspaper chain with us in a minute or two to talk about the top political stories of West Virginia. Those are a couple of stories that we... Um, we repeated over and over again in different forms over the course of the, the year. A newspaper editor, John McCabe, and I normally talk about the Ohio Valley News and Review, and we were planning to reflect on the Ohio Valley News of the year this year, but he had a family problem, not problem, he had a family matter he has to deal with today, so John's not going to be with us today. However, as a replacement, I brought in uh, former Congressman Bob Ney, and uh, we're going to talk about some of the top stories on Capitol Hill. Uh, coming up later on this morning. And our travel team from Uniglobal Highway Travel looks ahead to travel adventures in 2024 as we wrap up 2023. Uh, as you heard from Darnell, it's an increasingly cloudy day today, daytime high around 41, maybe a mixture of rain, a little bit of snow showers tonight, tomorrow. No big deal, just kind of flakes, flurries mixed in. Cold morning, 30 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 31 at the Highlands, 28 in Elm Grove, and 28 degrees here at the Watchdog Radio Network Studios. Stephen Adams is the uh, statewide reporter for the Ogden newspaper chain, has been with us uh, on and off multiple times all throughout the year, and here to help us wind up the year. Good morning, Stephen, and happy holidays to you. Good morning, Howard, and happy holidays to you, and happy 15th uh, anniversary to me being on Twitter, now called X. <laughs> 15 years on X? I don't know that I would, you know, I, I wouldn't put that on my business card. <laughs> i got to say, in all seriousness, there are only a handful of reasons I stay, even read X. You are one of them. Uh, Brad McElhenney, his reporting. Um, there are a couple of legislators that still use it. X, in my opinion, has gone so far downhill from what Twitter used to be. I, I can hardly stand being there. But there are bright spots, and I will say you are one of them. Well, well, thank you, Howard, because there are definitely very few bright spots these <laughs> days on that platform, but there's not enough people on the other platforms to make it worth switching, so here I am. You know, this is really in, not inside baseball, but it's inside social media. I have tried to switch to that new Threads, and I have a Threads account, and I still do my best, but... I'm just not, I somehow it doesn't get, it's not in my flow the way X was, the way Twitter was. I have threads. I have Blue Sky that I've not played around with a ton yet, but I, so far, I've I've been very, very dissatisfied. So, I mean, you know, you know, X is a pretty decent product, except for all the people. Yes, <laughs> there are the, the every time I read through X uh, and Bob, you're, you're like, you're going, what? Because you don't, you don't have any of that stuff, right? No, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Every time I read, you know, get on X and just sort of read through it, I get on to look and see what you're saying or Brad's saying. 
I, I, man, such unhappy people, such mean and unhappy people. Christmas Day, for God's sake, they were still out there. <laughs> you know, you look at Facebook. It's sort of a declining uh, social media site. You look at Facebook on Christmas Day. People were saying, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's. Do you remember when, you know, it was all that fun? And then go over to X and it's like, well, I still think that Biden is a crook and needs to be in jail. Jesus, just give, give it a break. Anyway, that's my rant. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, um, as I said about stories here in the Ohio Valley, uh, I think it was true statewide as well. This past year, there were a couple of stories, politically at least, that kind of dominated from beginning to end of the year, right? Yeah, I think that's certainly true, and I think probably the biggest one, I think the thing that the story that overshadows all other stories, uh, especially when I was trying to scramble to kind of come up with my, what I consider to be the top stories in the state for the year, is certainly the retirement of U.S. Senator Joe Manchin, and really just the anticipation of what he was going to do at all, because we've been having this uh, anticipation probably since this time last year. We did not know what he was going to do. He was not prepared at this time last year to say whether he would run for re-election or, or, or what he was thinking uh, and kept pushing it off to the end of the end of this year. And, of course, he made that decision around the week of Thanksgiving and decided that he was going to go ahead and retire from the U.S. Senate. Instead, he's going on this whirlwind tour of the U.S. I think uh, his next stop is in New Hampshire, a uh, big uh, the early presidential primary state. He's trying to test the temperature of whether there's enough support out there among a moderate electorate for a third path to the presidency outside of the Republican Party or Democratic Party. You know, I kind of can join in my, my list, I can join two stories into one. Uh, the, the the race for the U.S. Senate seat is kind of the big overarching story. And then I divided that into really two sections, and you're right. One is the first, the speculation about what will Manchin do, and now the speculation about what is Manchin doing. <laughs> so that was half of it. And, of course, the other half is the uh, the GOP primary between Mooney and Justice, uh, which in itself is – is a story that we have followed in its twists and turns over the course of the past year. But that Senate race has become a dominant story, clearly all around the state, all throughout the year, from beginning to end. That's absolutely right. And I think that's a good way to do it. That's sort of how I handle it, too, because I, I think uh, the whole story is interesting, whether you're talking about uh, Manchin and all the things that he did this year and some of the ways that he kind of made the news as he was anticipating making this decision. And, of course, what we've seen with Alex Moody, who, as you recall, literally the week he won election to the newly redistricted 2nd Congressional District, he announced he was running for U.S. Senate. So he's been in it for more than a year now. And then, of course, uh, Jim Justice, governor term-limited, uh, this is his final year as governor, and what was he going to do? And the pressure on him, particularly from uh, from Capitol Hill, from Minority Leader uh, Mitch McConnell and others, to run for U.S. Senate, which you know he has done, and he has led just about every poll we have seen, and his popularity and job approval numbers are up despite. Uh, some of the numerous issues we've reported in regards to his personal business finances or even to some of the more recent uh, issues that keep cropping up in, in the governor's administration. Uh, so all these are just part of the larger story. I'm curious, what did you, before the governor announced he was running for the U.S. Senate seat, or even before he began touring, touring with the idea, uh, let's go back maybe two years ago or so, what did you see as Jim Justice's political future, or did you think he had a political future? I'm just curious, in your mind, what did you expect to happen? Honestly, I didn't expect him to have a political future. I, you know, I think we've all heard even two years out the possibility of a U.S. Senate run. Uh, 
but I, I don't know that I thought that he would do it because of the issues I think we've talked about. He's uh, roughly the same age as Manchin. I think Manchin is maybe a couple years older than Jim Justice, uh, but they're both in their uh, kind of lowish, uh, lowish to mid-70s. So age, I think, is a factor starting that late in, in, in doing it and trying to run. Uh, obviously, the governor does have some health issues, uh, particularly with movement. Uh, he can't stand for long periods of time. Uh, and on top of that, with the governor still insisting on driving into the state capitol once a week to do his briefings and other meetings and living out of Lewisburg, uh, and still coaching a girls' high school basketball team, uh, there's a big difference between being able to do that for governor versus the U.S. Senate job, which having shadowed Senators Manchin and Shelley Moore Capito, I can tell you is a job that starts probably about 7 in the morning, 6 in the morning sometimes, and probably goes until midnight or after. Uh, so does he have the stamina to do a job? So if he had asked me two years ago, I'm like, I hear the rumors, but I don't, I don't see it. But here we are. Yeah, my uh, you analyzed things the way I had done a couple years ago. I thought that Jim Justice, he was almost an accidental governor. And by that, I mean, I don't know that getting into politics was ever a big goal for Jim Justice over the years. Circumstances brought him to decide to run for governor almost as a lark, I think. Um, and I figured he was going to, you know, he would have fun playing governor. I don't mean it too pejoratively, but I mean I thought he would just okay. I'll be governor for a while, and then I'll go back to being a businessman. Now, of course, during the course of his governorship, he also <laughs> lost a lot of his uh, lost lost a lot of his money, so that may have made somewhat of a difference. But I really never thought that he would go for anything else. I just thought this was this was kind of a you know interesting interlude in the life of Jim Justice, and it would come and it would go, and he would move on. But then clearly he he had a real interest in the U.S. Senate seat. And i got to tell you, even after he announced his interest, I kept thinking, he's going to change his mind. He's going to change his mind. But so far, he's not. Yeah, like we, we did not really see that at all. There really was no hesitancy, I think, in this, at least that we were aware of. Uh, and again, he was heavily recruited uh, by Mitch McConnell. We saw U.S. Senator Capito endorse him and introduce him at his announcement, which, you know, you've, you've been around uh, West Virginia politics and uh, observing it just like I have. When have you ever seen uh, Senator Capito really come out and endorse anyone? She right. usually stays out of primary matches altogether. Right. Uh, doesn't really use her influence in that way, but she did this time, uh, which could work out very well for, for her son, who, you know, uh, Moore Capito, the delegate, or former delegate, uh, who is uh, seeking uh, justices. Uh, uh, you know, warm seat in the governor's mansion. So we'll we'll see uh, if that works out. We saw where uh, more capital got to announce last week on the governor's briefing that he was uh, stepping down from his role uh, as a delegate and House Judiciary Committee chairman to run that race full time. So uh, there may be uh, an endorsement in that race in in the future, and, and we'll see how that goes. Smart move, in my opinion, for more capital. To, to smart down. move, definitely smart move to step down as House Judiciary Chair. Uh, I was talking with this about this with Brad McElhenney yesterday on a Charleston radio show, the Dave Allen show, and we had basically wondered why he wouldn't have at least just stayed in the House altogether to be able to vote and be able to get those headlines. We understood stepping down from House Judiciary Chair because, as you know, Judiciary and Finance are the two busiest committees in the House and the Senate. They basically see every bill that comes through uh, for the most part. And so those are busy committees, and running that committee is a full-time job, and that wouldn't be able that wouldn't free up more capital to be able to go out there and campaign, even though, uh, also, as Brad points out, there's not a whole lot of soup, bean, cornbread dinners uh, in the middle of January and February, but you can still fundraise and you can do other things. But if you would just stayed in the House of Delegates as a regular member, you probably you could have done both that. Yeah, yeah, you can make some headlines off of that. But my thought is, and I think, it, I think it's probably his thought, is that um, – you know, Morrissey is the titular leader in that governor's race, I think. But I think Moore Capito has a strong shot. And if you're going to put a big push on down to Election Day, 
you probably want to have your time free to devote all of your time to that. I, again, I think I think it was probably a, a smart move. It's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, real quickly, the governor's race really has not caught the uh, tension that the U.S. Senate race has. I'd say that's true. Uh, I do think that will certainly change once we get through the candidate filing period. That's what is causing a lot of silence in a lot of races right now because the candidate filing period in the state begins January 8th, Monday. Uh, a week, actually a week from this coming Monday. So you've got a situation, and, and it goes for almost the entire month. So we're, we're going to see some people, I would imagine, drop out, people that have filed pre-candidacy paperwork previously that allowed them to fundraise, allowed them to kind of dip their toe in the water and see if there's any type of support for them for an actual for, full campaign. But it's a different thing once you go ahead and, file your paperwork during the candidate filing period because you will be on a ballot. And that also means that we could see some candidates that haven't popped up on pre-candidacy paperwork that decide to throw their hats in the ring at the last minute. And, of course, we see some races where there's not a lot of strong candidates at all. U.S. Senate race, for example, you've got the progressive Zachary Shrewsbury in. Uh, as I've reported, as you probably have also heard, too, there's a possibility that Wheeling Mayor uh, Glenn Elliott uh, may uh, announce a candidacy for for U.S. Senate on the Democratic ticket there. Well, he, so he, he we just, can see he, the big name. He just told us yesterday here on the show that he continues to, and I ask him, can I use this as my headline, uh, seriously consider that run. So the mayor, Mary Elliott, is, is seriously considering getting into that race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we will see some, I think, additional names pop up uh, over that uh, relatively 25, 26-day uh, uh, period. Talking to Stephen Adams from the Ogden newspaper chain, uh, I want to get out of politics and into a couple of the other, maybe just a, like a quick rundown of some of the other non-political stories that made the news year this year. But first, st- sticking with politics, do you ever wonder, and I know you've talked to Mooney relatively recently, do you ever wonder, does, does he say to himself, what the hell happened here? <laughs> I mean, yeah, when he, I, I when he beat wonder. Dave McKinley, he he I think he thought he was the giant in GOP politics in West Virginia. Uh, he was ready to stride across the state like Goliath. And now he's looking at, you know, 20, 30 points difference or huge amounts of difference in polling numbers between he and Jim Justice. Do you think he's saying what in the world happened? I think it's very possible he, uh, for lack of better phrasing, he misread the room. I think he took some lessons from that victory against McKinley, who's a vastly, for I don't mean this critically of uh, the former congressman, but he's a different person than Jim Justice, right. has a different demeanor, has a different way of doing things. And I think that, I think that Mooney and what he did obviously was very effective uh, against McKinley, and but he thought he could extrapolate that and take that against Jim Justice. And I, I heard Chris Steyerwalt say this on Hoppy here maybe a month ago. West Virginia is, is, is a conservative state, but it's not a fiscally conservative state. Mm-hmm. It, is a, so, it is a fiscally liberal state and a socially conservative state. And so you can hit Jim Justice for supporting the uh, American Rescue Plan Act, or you can hit him for supporting the uh, bipartisan infrastructure bill, you know, multi, you know, in some cases, trillion-dollar bills. But I don't know that that plays in West Virginia that well this far out. So I think he thought he could take those lessons and that work for him against McKinley, against Justice, and it just doesn't stick. Uh, Stephen, I'm almost out of time. Let's run down quickly. Uh, you did a, a, a year in review uh, column what, last week or earlier this week. I can't remember. But at any rate, uh, there were some other non-political stories that did make the news this year. Um, I don't have your story in front of me. I think one of them probably was the uh, Southern Regional Jail controversy. Yeah, I did a kind of rundown of a bunch of administration controversies and included them because I, I do think that that has sort of kind of led the headlines this year, whether you're talking about the state police scandal that really started to bubble up around this time last year, to be honest, and really kind of came out in full in March with the the firing or the resignation of the state uh, police superintendent and with the revelations about 
what happened up at the academy and the cameras and the girls' locker rooms and other malfeasance or alleged malfeasance that apparently is still under investigation as we speak, plus there's lawsuits. Uh, you've got situations going on now with DHHR, which at the end of this year will be three different departments. But even with three different departments, it sure looks like it's having the same problems, especially with the foster care system, with CPS, with not following up on, on, on calls and reports, which is leading to, you know, really dangerous situations for kids. Or whether you're talking about transportation and some of the issues with Jimmy Riston and conflicts of interest mm-hmm. regarding contracts and his son, where you're talking about the prison system and corrections. There's just a whole slew of things that have happened, and I, I really kind of get the feeling that Justice is taking the eye off the ball a little bit. Well, and yet, uh, he even has said at one point, re- I think when he's referencing the, the Southern Jail lawsuit, well, I don't know why they'd want to depose me. I don't know nothing about that. And I'm thinking, man, you're the governor. You know, you're the top of the chain, and you, you say you know nothing about it. Um, but again, none of these things seem to stick on the political side of things. Um even though there have been multiple scandals there. I think you're absolutely right. And real quickly, uh, the governor touts his economic successes. That's right. We were talking about ending the fiscal year at the end of June with $1.8 billion in surplus tax revenue, uh, which is great. I don't know that we're going to see it that high again. Uh, We'll see what happens at the end of this fiscal year, though we are up, we're just not going to be as high. And then as you're talking about the tax cut situation, we have record-breaking tax cuts for personal income tax and other types of tax revenue. Uh, and that was a long time coming, especially since there was a feud between the legislature and the governor uh, around this time last year over the defeat of Amendment 2. So the fact they were able to come together on that, and so far it does not seem to be hurting personal income tax revenues. So that we, we that might be a success, but it still remains to be seen too early. Stephen, i got to run. What's interesting is I think every single thing we've talked about as the uh, news of 2023 is sitting waiting for us again on Tuesday in 2024. <laughs> yes. Just, uh, none of it has come to a conclusion. Hey, i got to run, my friend. I appreciate it. Have yourself a happy new year, and uh, we will talk a lot, I'm sure, in this election year coming up. Happy New Year, Howard. Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot, Stephen. Appreciate it. Stephen Adams, local uh, Ogden newspaper chain. We've got Tony ready. It's uh, Mountaineer Report time. We're going to play a, take a quick uh, commercial spot, then Tony. That's because he's yelling at me because I didn't do a break. Let's go to Super Nailers morning, World, folks. Saturday, January 13th, for a fun night of hockey and retro thrills. Let loose in a free video game arcade. Immerse yourself in a hat giveaway and mystery box prizes hidden in the arena. Ready your engines for our Nailer Kart Intermission Race. Enjoy old school drink specials and a specialty themed jersey. You'll be screaming, Mamma Mia, during Super Nailers World, January 13th, game time 710. Get tickets now. Call 304-234-GOLD or go to wheelingnailers.com. With the weather changing, now's a great time to head on into your local Toyota dealer, where legendary performance and reliability go hand in hand. Check out a sporty Camry with available all-wheel drive and Toyota Safety Sense, or the spacious RAV4, turning heads with amazing fuel efficiency. And now, explore Toyota like never before, with hybrids, plug-in hybrids, and full electric options. Visit buyatoyota.com today. Offers end October 31st. Toyota, let's go places. The Mountaineers look to close their non-conference portion of the schedule on a winning note against the Buckeyes of Ohio State. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Caridi. That story coming up after this from Kroger. The holidays start here at Kroger with a variety of options to celebrate traditions old and new. You could do a classic herb-roasted turkey or spice it up and make turkey tacos. Serve up a go-to shrimp cocktail or use Simple Truth wild-caught shrimp for your first Cajun risotto. No matter how you shop, Kroger has all the freshest ingredients to embrace all your holiday traditions. Kroger, fresh for everyone. With Kroger brand products, you can make all your favorite things this holiday season. Because Kroger brand's proven quality products come at exceptionally low prices. And with a money-back quality guarantee, every dish is sure to be a favorite. These are a few of my favorite things. Whether you shop delivery, pickup, or in-store, Kroger brand has all your favorite things. Kroger, fresh for everyone.
It's on a bus, and it's off to Cleveland today for the Mountaineer basketball team. Tomorrow night, West Virginia will meet Ohio State in the Mountaineers' final non-conference game of the season. The Buckeyes come in with an impressive 10-2 overall record. They are beating teams by an average of 15 points per game. They're scoring 79, giving up just 64. Their only losses so far this season have come to Texas A&M. That was just in Game 2 of the season back in November, and a loss on the road at Penn State. State by a score of 83 to 80. They're doing it with balanced scoring, four averaging double figures being led by Bruce Thornton, who is hitting for 17 points per game. They can shoot the three ball. Thornton has 24 threes, and Jamison Battle, their second leading scorer, has hit for 31 three-pointers. Rebounding is a big problem for WVU, and unfortunately, Ohio State does it well. The Buckeyes are out-rebounding teams 39 to 32. This has been an interesting series. This will be the 18th meeting all time. The series began back in 1940. West Virginia has won eight of the last nine meetings in the series. WVU has won the last three, but the Buckeyes still hold a 9-8 series lead. This will be the second neutral court meeting. The two teams last met in Cleveland back in December of 2019, then rated number 22. West Virginia defeated number two, Ohio State, by a score of 67-59. Our pregame coverage here on MSN tomorrow night begins at 6. Opening tip set to go at 7 p.m. That is today's Mountaineer Report. It's brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. From tools and accessories to maintenance and everything in between, Menards has your automotive needs cover. Prevent gas line freeze up with heat, gas line, antifreeze. It removes water from the fuel system and is safe for use in all four cycle and fuel injected engines. Grab a four pack for just $4.99. Check out this and more great deals going on now during Menards New Year's sale. Prices good through December 31st. Save big money at Is your business protected from cyber threats? In today's world, it's more important than ever to have a cybersecurity plan in place. But with so many different solutions out there, it can be hard to know where to start. That's where Omni Strategic Technologies comes in. We're a technology support firm with a strong focus on cybersecurity. We have a team of local experts who can help you assess your risks, develop a plan, and implement the right tools to serve and protect your business. If you want to get serious about cybersecurity, choose Omni Strategic Technologies for the peace of mind knowing that your business is protected and prepared. A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. He has his say. You can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. I'm a traveling man made a lot of stops all over the world and in every port I own the heart of at least one lovely girl. 30 degrees within Ohio County Airport, 31 of the Highlands, 28 in Elm Grove. Tell me 29 now, Bob. Is that what it is? 29. 29 degrees here at the Watchdog Radio Network Studios. Uh, listen, I'm going to reach back here. Uh, don't eat that hard. Well, no, no. Here's the thing. Several people have asked me. We have um, a bag full of beneficial uh, baked uh, dog delights uh, here in the studio. I'm not quite sure why. I guess probably because of the Donnie Gilbert uh, radio show. But I thought, Bob, here's my here's my uh, reasoning here, pal. We have the two top dogs. <laughs> ah. We have the two top dogs from Uniglobe here. So I thought maybe we'd get some dog treats out. <laughs> I'm not eating those. <laughs> Bill Bryson and Jennifer both are here this morning with us on our travel show. Good morning, folks. Morning. Good morning. 
you did a quick review last year, I guess, of 2023. I was going to ask you big 2023 questions, but you already did that with Bob. Did that uh, last time, and uh, we thought maybe we would uh, look ahead a year and say, what would be new for 24? What's and a year from now, we would say, well, these were the highlights of 24. <laughs> yeah. Would you guys sit closer to your microphones? Is that what you're telling me, Bob? Yeah, there we go. Thank you. You can right. hear us, huh? Okay. Yeah. Um, I thought you wanted us closer together. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. You two, you're Take a picture a of that, Howard. You're such a team. You're a team. Um, so uh, are, is there anything new? And I mean new. I don't mean like you have a new trip. Is there something new? What's happening in the travel world that might be looking forward to in 2024? Oh, uh, let's see. Um, I would say European cruising still uh, way up there in terms of, of growth. Um, Jennifer, anything? A lot of the um, Caribbean islands are getting a, a lot of once right now. I've had more people request Turks and Caicos, U.S. Virgin Islands. Mm -hmm. For some reason, that's what people want to go to. Mm -hmm. So not much has changed there. There are some new resorts, but nothing too... Out of, the out European the cruises uh, began to pick up a few years ago. At least that's my yeah, sense of it. 10 years ago, I started up, yeah. and it's still really popular. Um, and even in the um, uh, Royal Caribbean, has got that brand new icon of the seas, which is going to be the best ship out there. Now, whether you say, oh, that's too big for me, I understand. we got you know other smaller ships, but Icon of the Seas debuts in January. And that's a new one. And, and um, you're going on it? I get to test it out with Jenna in January. So I'll have we'll, a full we'll a review. We'll get a first-hand report when the time comes. Yes, right. 17 neighborhoods, like 7,000 cabins. So I'll have a lot to talk about. Check them each out. I want to know what each of the cabins <laughs> is like. <laughs> that's going to take me more than the two days I'm on board. <laughs> exactly. And then you actually have a, a, a booked trip for the Icon in July, something like that? It's late April. Mm -hmm. uh, late we April, need sorry. to move on it pretty quick if you're interested in that one. Um, but uh, the Icon of the Sea. Those that go, that will be a high point for the year. Um, it, it's, we've seen pictures of it. We've seen stories about it and all that. And uh, the girls are going to get to go down and see it firsthand. But uh, Icon of the Seas is just uh, it's just fabulous. And I would take advantage of that group space that we had because our rep was in last week and said it's hard to get space on it in 2024. Other people are booking it now. Yes. All of 24. All of 24. <laughs> the ship is just about sold out. So we're still holding some cabins. Very good. Well, people can call Uniglobe and get get on that. I, I don't know if this is because it's – I've told you both before. I've been – we haven't, I haven't been cruising for a while, so I've been, my mind has been back in the cruise mind. But I have been, in talking to other people, it seems to me that, I don't know if a resurgence is quite right, but people are, t are talking about cruising again. I, Not that I, I didn't talk about it before, but. Yeah, they're, they're saying about cruising, uh, what we've been saying about travel all along. Uh, it's not just a trip, sit back and take pictures and look at it, but it's, it's kind of more immersive. What, what can I do on the trip? I want more of an adventure, not just to sit back and watch. And uh, I think that's why Icon's going to be so, so popular. Um, and we've tried to do that on all of our land tours. Um, you know, whether you did Texas uh, with us in, in December or did Nashville with uh, Jennifer, there's more stuff to do on the trips, more interesting things. And when we put the trips together, that's what we're looking for. What can we do that's different you know, can we bring somebody in to talk? Can we have a, a meal like we did at um, South Fork, in, uh, the old Dallas uh, ranch? Yeah, we can do a tour and we'll, we'll have dinner here. Well, that's different. Most people haven't done that. So the cruise lines are trying to do that kind of thing, too. They're competing with the all-inclusive, so they're trying to package things like drink packages with their, with their cruise. And they're trying to make the cruise a little bit more exciting maybe than in years past. Um. And I, people, when I first started cruising, it was Caribbean. Just that was pretty much right. the big thing. And but those cruises have expanded a lot. They're all different kinds of cruises anymore. Oh, you've got several different ones in the coming years. Matter I of fact, I think we've got four four different cruise lines that we're featuring as a group trip mm -hmm. in twenty four. Caribbean, New England, Alaska, West Coast, over in Europe, um, Canada. So we used, think of it, we used to think of sort of the love boat, you know, the, right. just a Caribbean cruise, but it's really expanded. You're right, the, the, the New England cruise, the European cruises we talked about. You're doing a West Coast uh, trip right. this coming year. 
Alaska. So Alaska has become a big deal. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot more places that you can get to via cruise ship now than I think that there was in the past. And like Bo was saying with how they're competing with all-inclusives, the last cruise ship I was on, I did a race car on the top deck. And you're <laughs> on me? a speedway. Really? I was on a speedway and I'm racing people <laughs> and you forget that you're on a cruise ship. So there's just more things to do on board, in the ports, places to go. So, yeah. You forget you're on the cruise ship until somebody says, watch out for the water. <laughs> I did crash into the wall at one point. And I was like, oh, okay, slow down, because if I crash too hard into the wall, do I go overboard? But I'm sure the answer is no, but still. I would, get, I would assume no. <laughs> you get a little bit nervous about that. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure. The travel press sent out a thing this week, and it, it was more like uh, if you're booking a cruise, what not to do. Okay. So we kind of turned that around. Really, there was only one thing that we pulled out and we quoted, and it said it's generally cheaper and easier to book with a travel agent often they get access to special fares or packages with flights that aren't readily available otherwise <coughs> they get combination rates that the general public often does not see um, and that's a big point we've got a, a consortium that we belong to and uh, we just handed out uh, to all the girls here are the riverboat cruises that the uh, consortium has special rates on so if you say hey, I want to do a river cruise next year we're going to see if there's anything that lines up with with your interest. Oh, by the way, this is and they sometimes they're they're quite a bit of uh, quite uh, a bit of savings on some of these things too. So we kind of like that line. And once again, uh, you can you can book it online, but um, we we can probably do better for you than what you can do on your own. Well, my argument has been with always in terms of using a travel agent is. All of these things may well be true. You can get special deals. You have a better access to the information. I just don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want you to do it. That, that, I don't understand why anybody does it themselves. I don't understand that. And we have fun doing it because it's neat to kind of compare the cruise lines and the itineraries and where, what's all on that ship. How many restaurants? Does it have a racetrack? Does it have a slide? So we have fun now, You see, that, you call that fun. I call that work. <laughs> I don't want to well, do I mean, the work. It is. I want. I don't want to do the work. I want you to have that fun. Yes. Uh, so I, I just, am, it's, I'm serious. I've never understood why anybody, and some people yeah. say, well, why, do you, why, why should I use a travel agent? Because they do the work for you. It's as simple as that. <laughs> and it doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. I love when my friends text me and they're like, we're looking at a cruise. Can you help us? Gee, yeah. No. Yes, no. let me help you. Please let me help you. And that's what then I start saying, well, do you want this, this, or this? And then do you want to go here, here, here? And they don't realize how many options right. are out there. And then it's like, yes, take yeah. it. Yes, do no, it. you. <laughs> Please and, help. And then there's other things like uh, drinks, drinks on board. You know, some, some cruise lines, uh, I know we, we have a drink package on Celebrity with a Ron Retzer cruise. Um, prices for kids, um, Wi-Fi availability, pre and post night dining options. Uh, Royal Caribbean just came out with a 30% off, um, and kids uh, kids are free. So, just having all that information at our fingertips, our number one job is to listen to see what it is that is of interest to you. I really want to see these islands. I want to do uh, just enjoy it and kick back and have a great experience on the ship. And then try to match up the perfect cruise. Sometimes on a ship, and usually, particularly if it go through you guys, there will be like options. You can take one of several packages as a special deal. All right. Many people say, "Oh, I want the drink package." I don't drink. I don't drink. I, enough, I, I, I don't you know, drink I'm, I, water and lemonade are fine with me. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I like the Wi-Fi because I'm online a lot. So. It really makes a huge difference what you're there for, what your personality is, you know. Right. I know some people go right away, oh, my God, I'm going to drink my way. <laughs> I'm going to drink my way through the cruise. Then we'll find you a free, uh, free drink pack. Free drink pack. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, we really have to qualify the clients. Like, we get to know them before we even suggest or anything. Not in, like, a, we want to know every detail of your life, but we want to make sure that we don't offer you a drink package if you don't drink. We're not going to offer you the Wi-Fi if you don't even have a smartphone. So we kind of get to know the client first so that we can give them the best option on cruise, all-inclusive, whatever the package may be. And with all these cruises we have, I think we have something like eight cruises maybe for next year. We're going to do a cruise night in January. Okay. Uh, it's going to be downtown at that new 1306. 1306 is 1306 Market Street. Mm-hmm. Um, one building down from the Victoria Theater. Um, and we're going to do that on Thursday night, chamber January building? 25th. Next to the old Posen. The old Posen. Oh, the old Posen building. building. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. It's kind of different. 
and uh, we had a gathering there in December and thought, oh, this might be a, okay. might work out okay. So we're going to do that on Thursday, January 25th, and go over all of our cruises, including that Ryan River cruise. The big thing on that Ryan River cruise, there is $1,000 off per person, clear up until now. We got it extended until February the 20th. So we'll still have time to see that, do that. If you're thinking about a European cruise, that's a, that is the number one uh, cruise in Europe, the Rhine River. We've done it a couple of times and uh, spent two nights in Switzerland at Lucerne first. And uh, it's, that is a tremendous, tremendous trip. Well, we've done that, and it was a great cruise. Uh, and I don't know about anybody who's listening, but if a $1,000 discount doesn't mean something to you, you're in a different league than I am. <laughs> all right, I mean, we, we got a high-end cruise line. Yeah, we yeah, yeah exactly. About, right? I mean, if, if getting a thousand-dollar discount that's doesn't make person. a big makes yeah. a huge deal. That's per person, and that roughly you figure, okay, I'm going to I'm going to get air for free, roughly. And right. I don't know what's going to come out of that or not, but it's it's going to be close. Well, that makes you a, can get another yeah. vacation out of that. Yes, it, that's savings. a great point. You could you could go somewhere else for what you saved mm-hmm. in addition. Yeah, that's two that's two vacations in one. Yeah, I like the sound yeah, of that. Yeah, so a lot of cruises coming up. Cruise night on uh, Thursday, January 25th at 1306 Market Street. And you'll review <laughs> all the cruises that, that are yeah, uh, yeah, going Yeah, we'll on. have slides and pictures and specials and all that kind of stuff. Now, um, so looking ahead to 2024. What are some of the things that you've got? What, what are you excited about? Jennifer, what are you excited about in I'm excited for the Canadian Rockies. Oh, We're okay. going to Canadian Rockies trip in August. I don't know if that's even on the list that is there, but that's my f- excitement. Okay. Um, Canadian Rockies with Glacier National Park, Waterton National Park, Lake Louise, Banff. lot built into a six-day trip there, and that's a place I've never been, so that's what I'm most excited for. Sounds good. Bill, What do, on the list well, of things, what do you... Also on that one, there's a $250 discount on that one if booked by the 20th of February also. Those were the two um, February 20th with discounts. Okay, sounds the good. Canadian Rockies is $250 a person. Of course, the Rhine River is 1000 So, uh, For me, um, well, first of all, I'll give you two things. First of all, the Ron Retzer cruise. Uh, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Ron and his trio are going to do three onboard concerts. It's a no-fly cruise going to Bermuda. So uh, Bermuda's a plus. The no-fly is a plus. It's seven nights. Ron and his trio are fabulous. And you get three concerts uh, on top of that. That's on June the 23rd. And you got a nice group already on that one. So if you're interested, um, you know, give us a call and we'll get you on the on and Ron, the Retzer group will be doing some uh, concerts or performances. Yeah. Three right. onboard performances that will not interfere with the ship's entertainment. Oh, so you can one. get to see both. Okay. Yeah. And then my second one, probably baseball. Um, Gee, there's a surprise, <laughs> Bill. Uh, yeah, yeah. You said something new. Uh, there's a surprise, Bill. <laughs> I didn't pick that one for a reason. <laughs> uh, we got two. The uh, spring training trip in March. And uh, that is, I believe, March 14 to 19. We've got four ball games um, there. Um, three of them are Pirate games, two at home and one against the Yankees. Um, that's, that's always a good time. And we're back on Anna Maria Island at the, uh, uh, the resort there. So, Have you been to every Major League ballpark, Mr. Bryson? It's funny you should ask that, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is yes. However, the Texas Rangers now have a new park. Um, Globe Life Field or Globe Life Life Park. This year on our summer baseball tour, we're going to get that one. So I can say, yes, we've been to every one, but not the new one in Texas. So this year we're going to hit the new one, and uh, that'll be the last tri- last stadium on the trip. We're going to start in Atlanta. We've only been there twice in 20 years. Over to Houston, we've only been there once. We're going to stop in Montgomery, Alabama for a double-A game, Montgomery Biscuits. And uh, we got a little uh, luncheon cruise in Montgomery. We're going to go to New Orleans, spend some time in the French Quarter. We've got a brunch uh, set up for that one. Then over to Houston and then on up to, uh, to Texas, uh, to the Texas Rangers in Arlington. So I think it's, you, you've made a point of trying to hit every stadium, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, like I said, we did. I think, I think Texas is number five that we've been to two stadiums. Um, Washington is one, both New York's, now Texas and there is another one i can't can't think of what that maybe is. atlanta it is atlanta yes it is atlanta um those are the five stadiums that have new stadiums since 20 
03. Bob, is there a stadium that you would like to go to, something that, that you haven't seen that you'd love to be in? In the old days of Ted Turner, I d- would dream of going to Atlanta. But like Mr. Bryson said, that was three ballparks ago. So, <laughs> you know, and Yankee Stadium is gone. Fenway is there. I've been to Wrigley Field. So, yeah, I mean, I'm envious. I mean, there's not too many baseball fans that can say, I've been to every big league park. And that's just awesome. How many of your uh, baseball folks have been with you all along? Well, since 2003, there's still probably maybe 40 or 50 people. That, they don't go every time, but um, only a handful maybe have been to all of them. Um, the late Warren Hood. Um, I'm working on my book, and I have a whole <laughs> chapter on Warren. I need some more information. But Warren, uh, before he passed away, got to every ball every, park, every and that part. was his goal. Um, we still think fondly of Warren every time we do a baseball tr- trip of any kind. Um, I'm close. I'm at 12. <laughs> but I go for the ice cream and a helmet. I don't go for the game. I just want to collect the ice cream and a Everybody helmet. Everybody has their reasons. Yep. Everybody has their reasons. So that's, that's right. why you can go on a Uniglobe trip, get your ice cream and a helmet. Jennifer's got an Ireland-Scotland trip coming up in late July, too. That's that's I, Having just been to uh, Ireland and Scotland, um, I think that's going to be a highlight uh, for the year. Um, 11 days goes to lots of places yes and we did some of the same places in ireland before we're doing dublin the ring of Kerry, cliffs of mower blarney castle and then we're adding into scotland you got loch ness st andrews edinburgh so there's a lot of places to see and do on that trip did you uh, see the monster at the loch ness i, I haven't been to scotland Whoa, bill says yes i was uh, at loch ness yeah. i had my picture taken uh, at the loch and yeah. um no monster no monster I'm hoping to see the monster. I bought Teddy a book for Christmas about the Loch Ness monster, yeah. see what t- so he can learn more about it. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Goal is to see a monster and play golf in Scotland. That's my goals. Yeah, and I, I've got I've never been to the Finger Lakes. People have asked us about that. That's going to be a different trip for us. Motor coach trip uh, up to the Finger Lakes in New York. We got a, I think it's a four day trip, three night, four day trip to the Finger Lakes. I think that's going to be kind of cool as well. Um. What else you got here? Oh, you don't. You have at least one train trip this year. Come, yeah, at least one. The trains of New England um, we're doing in late September, beginning of October. So we start head over to Connecticut to Boston, and then up through. We do Portland Kennebunk um, and have two trains on that: the Cog Scenic Railway, no, the Conway Scenic Railway, and the Cog Railway. So two trains in that trip um, for the trains of New England, end of September, beginning of October. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Um, Jenna just got back from uh, the WVU win in Charlotte. We're kind of excited about that. Did a group down there, did you? Yeah, we did. And um, what a what a nice trip coming back. <laughs> you know, Could have uh, been worse. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, it was a really good trip. Um, of course, a nice win for the Mountaineers, and that bodes well for the future. Uh, we were already looking at what are we going to do for next year. Um, the pit game in 2022 was the biggest sporting event ever in the city of Pittsburgh, West Virginia versus Pitt. Uh, we lost that one, but uh, uh, going to go back in 24, early in the season. We'll go back to, uh, to um, Acroshore Stadium. Still have trouble with that one. <laughs> um, so that'll be one. But there are a couple other options, too, we can look at and decide if we want to do. Uh, one is uh, West Virginia plays at Cincinnati. And a few years ago, we had a bus trip down there where we had the West Virginia-Cincinnati game on Saturday, and the Steelers were playing on Sunday. I remember that, yeah. Now, the schedule's not out, and we only can cross our fingers that maybe that would happen again. But uh, if it does, we would, we would try to do that. But Cincinnati is close, easy bus trip, probably do that. And if we really want to gamble, I guess uh, they play at Arizona, Tucson. And um, I, I don't know. We, we could try that uh, as one of the Big 12 games. Um, we haven't done that area for a while. There's a lot to do in Phoenix and Scottsdale and all that kind of stuff out there. So we'll kick that around and see whether uh, there's enough interest in doing And maybe another like bowl that. game. That's right. Yeah. And lastly, hey, uh, another you know, bowl I, game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen, a handful of months ago, if you told me that you were preparing <laughs> for a bowl game for the Mountaineers, I would have said, Bill, I, <laughs> you must have had the drink package. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they were picked last. I, I, I like to know who picked them last. Uh, you know, if if they picked them first and they finished last, they'd have fired the coach. Yeah. When you picked them last and they finished nine and four and uh, with a bowl win, that's a big what deal. happens to the writer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Yes, yeah, what I happens mean, to the writer? Know, exactly be, right. Be fair. Uh, but only, that was great. Only got about a minute and a half left. Anything real quick we want to mention? Again, cruise night. Um, 
January 25th. We'll have time to talk about that again before that time. Anything else quickly we need to get in here? Basically, whatever trip you want for 2024 can be your highlight. What you can do is when you have a New Year's Eve party, your friends are all together. You all say, what do we want to do for travel this coming year? And we're always taking notes. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, uh, decide where you want to go. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Always good to see you here. And um, sorry I missed you last week, but I was at the Greenbrier. So we can't blame you for that. I don't want to say this, but uh, I really would have rather been there. I was happy I was (laughs) there. So, But uh, you guys did. I guess Mr. Slider took care of you. All right. He certainly did. All right. I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks very much for coming by. Happy New Year. Uh, Happy New Year to both of you and to all of uh, Happy New Year. all, All the travel partners that I have met along the way. And uh, Bob, next hour, Bob Nay is with us. We're going to talk about the uh, top stories of the year on Capitol Hill. And you and I still have to talk about the top stories for the Watchdog Morning Show in the past year. 2023 is coming to an end, but not just yet, here on the Watchdog Morning Show. When we walk in the sands of a Waikiki and I held you oh so tight. Sweet Fraulein down in Berlin Town. FM 90.1, AM 1600, WKKX Wheeling. FM 97.7, AM 1370, WVLY Moundsville. From ABC News. I'm Derek Dennis. Election issues for former President Trump, Maine Secretary of State, deciding to remove Trump's name from the 2024 presidential ballot following Colorado, while California is keeping him on. Maine Secretary of State won't have the final word. The law in Maine allows for an appeal of her decision in the courts. And the U.S. Supreme Court has been asked by Colorado Republicans to overturn the ruling in that state, where in a 4-3 decision, Colorado justices deemed Trump ineligible. The nation's highest court has yet to signal its intent to take the case, but experts say it will soon have to answer questions that have never been asked about the scope and application of a constitutional amendment ratified in 1868. ABC Stephen Portnoy. New York City being deluged with migrants from the southern border again. More busloads arriving overnight just as the city's mayor enacts new restrictions, limiting arrivals to weekday mornings only and with more than a day's notice, threatening to impound buses that break the rules. The West Coast getting battered by a massive storm. 30-foot waves hitting California's shoreline, including a rogue wave in Ventura County that sent eight people to the hospital. Meantime, the storm could have an impact on holiday travel at California airports and then ripple across the country as millions go through TSA checkpoints. We've just learned that more than 2.6 million people were screened at airports yesterday. In fact, the TSA tells us that they are busier this year than last year for a longer, more sustained period of time. These are the estimated airline seats that were sold for today, 3.7 million. When you add it all up through Tuesday the 2nd, we're looking at 17.3 million seats. ABC's Gio Benitez. Some relief for home buyers. 30-year fixed mortgage rates are now under 7% down for the ninth straight week. Builders are ramping up production, and we anticipate more homeowners beginning to list property in 2024. And it's Lawrence Yoon with the National Association of Realtors. You're listening to ABC News. Give the star in your life the brightest gift in the world. Name a star after.